The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're... We're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. I'm Suda. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid quattro this week. It is Eric, Kylan, our part-time agent, John Tyler Christopher, and myself, Mike. How's everyone doing? Good. Good. Doing good, my man. Thank you for having me back. Uh, you know you're always welcome back. That's why you're a part-time co-host. Yes, you, sir. So, um, as we are recording, uh, we are recording on September 30th, uh, which is International Podcast Day, and also the night of the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Um, I will say for both Wookiee Radio and Mighty Mouth Geeks, we are honored to have made the finals. Uh, for Mighty Marvel Geeks for the fourth year in a row for Wookiee Radio for the first time. And this was the first year Wookiee Radio was submitted. Uh, we did not win. N- neither show won this year. But hey, it's to be on the their page list to them. They say we're part of the 200 top podcasts on the Internet because we made the finals of their award show. Uh, I will ta- take that uh, just as well as a victory than anything because well, you may not think you, you may not think your top two hundred. Well, that that means crap. But think of all the podcasts that are out there. Yeah, <laughs> true. So, Mighty Marvel Geeks, a top ten in entertainment. Wookie Radio, top ten in TV and film, based on this this award show. I'll That's take super that. impressive, man. I'll That's, take that. Congratulations again. But thank you. But congratulations to you because at Hasbro's PulseCon, it was announced 
that you're doing the art on the Kenner Retro Marvel Legends figures. Yeah. Awesome. So tell Thank us a little you. tell us a little bit about that. And and I think we talked about this before show. Kenner should almost be brought back as a retro line, the retro line for Hasbro. Since mm-hmm. it's Kenner that's the name on the Star Wars vintage collection. Uh, if they do any other retro figures f- for any of the other franchises, it should stay Kenner. Um, very much so. And it needs to, anything that is on an old school card needs to be Kenner and make mm-hmm. Kenner the retro line. I, I agree a hundred percent, man. Um, yeah. You know, I, I can't really, obviously there's, there's going to be a lot of inside pool. I can't discuss with this, but um, I can tell you that everyone involved in the project that I worked with was adamant from day one that like that little blue and white logo had to be on these because that was Kidder's more than a brand, right? Like, like we're not just talking like, it's nostalgia. Like Kenner, the, the name power that Kenner has is synonymous with the three and three quarter inch figures, like the kind of goofier cheese ball looking stuff, you know, neon yellow hair, Luke Chewy with his surprise Wookiee face. Like, <laughs> well, weren't, it's, weren't they, wasn't Kenner tied to Fisher Price at the time? Hence why uh, some of the molds for some of the Star Wars figures came from like the Fisher Price people. That I, okay. I, I don't I know. know. I, I'm aging myself like here. Old adventure people? Yeah. Because I remember my brother and I had uh, like the the deep sea dive yeah. characters yeah. because we played with them in the bathtub when we took our baths. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm not talking last week, which if I had them, I probably still would. <laughs> Maybe that maybe that was my inner voice talking out loud, but what we're, you we're, do your own time. But we're talking like when I was six, seven, eight, nine years old in that time period, you know. So, or we would play with them in the pool. You know, if we have you know, one of those small pools, or went to a friend's house that had a pool, we toss them in the pool and go after them. Well, that, type thing. that's one of like the charming things about those figures, right? Like. The- there's such a weird balance of you've got all this wonderful modern technology that you can make these incredibly intricate, detailed, highly posable, highly everything figures like you've got with the regular Marvel line. But there's something super beautiful about those chunky pieces of plastic when you were a kid that you could throw around like, yeah, you know, they were darn near indestructible and the battle scars they received were almost part of the beauty of them. And you, my daughter is on her fourth Spider-Gwen Marvel Legends figure. And I swear, I don't think I can buy another one because I'm going to like, there comes a point where it's diminishing returns where I'm paying Hasbro to do the jobs. So um, I, I need to get the Spider-Gwen Marvel Legends for, for Zoe. It's it's a beautiful figure, but and as she's getting older, she's more appropriate with how she can play with it or how she plays with it. But her legs have broken off, or her arm broke off, or she popped the head off, and now the little nubbin broke off. Like, there's no winning when it comes to like that level of play for kids with those figures, and that's where those Star Wars toys were so perfect. And we're in this interesting phase now where it's like we have a nostalgia for that too. Right. Right. I mean, right. So I, I think that there's there's a lot of cool opportunities for these toys. Now, right now, they're currently available on, on Hasbro Pulse. 
Um, they're going to come out by Christmas. So like I've already lined up a bunch for my nephews and nieces to hook them up with these just because I'm glad you, I'm glad you took us into consideration. I'm I'm sorry. You said (laughs) nephews and nieces. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, it was cool because from the moment that the, the moment they contacted me about it, there was like this simpatico understanding because, you know, Mike, you and I have talked before about the Star Wars figures, right. And how important those mistakes are, how important, like for lack of a better term, goofiness of those figures are like, that's, that's the charm. Like you can make this gorgeous, completely accurate Iron Man suit. That's got all the nuts and bolts and screws and it looks incredible. But there's also something really charming to just a guy in like yellow and red spandex, but it's armor kind of, you know? He's yeah. Well, the fun part is I, I've i got it over here. I have an original Kenner R2-D2 with sensor scope, mm-hmm. and then I have one of the Hasbro ones as well. And the big difference between, okay, here's a barrel with a sticker on it and a clicky head. <laughs> <laughs> right. As opposed to here is a sculpted barrel with the same clicky head. Mm-hmm. World difference. And if you turn the head, the sensor drops in. Turn it a different way, the sensor pops out. Where this one, the original, you popped it out. Right. No, in no way am I trying to say like one is better than the other. I just think that there's there's a charm to both of them, and and I think that there's an appreciation. Uh, I, yeah. Dude, I collect the Black Series. You know, the Black Series is incredible, man. Like that yes, Vader is. is one of my masterpieces. Like I love that figure. But dude, there's nothing cooler than rocking a black vinyl cape that you f- the, pop the collar down around the shoulders. You know, you slide that lightsaber out the out the wrist. Like, yeah, see, that I was cool. I was kind of hoping when they did the vintage uh, black series for Star Wars, the original twelve, mm-hmm. that they made them in the four points of art or five points of articulation. Mm-hmm. That would have been beautiful. Yeah, you know, update like all those little weird nuances would have been great. Update the update the skull. You know, in, instead of all the articulation, okay, just give them five. Maybe keep the the modern look, but change right. but change all the soft goods to the vinyl capes to the yes, all that with with the figures. But they're all five points of articulation. That would have been dope, man. I would I would because I'm staring at the 40th anniversary Empire Adat driver. Which is another beautiful sculpt, and, and I ended up getting a second one so I could le- take it, you know, let it breathe, and leave right. the one, and then leave one on the wall in the card because Adat Driver is one of my favorite characters, and um, and I plan on getting a second Adat Driver cover of yours if I can find it that, awesome. I'm, that I'm going to frame because that's again one of my favorite characters, and I really like what you did with that cover. But with this, it's like, but I think it would have been so much better, even with all the detail and whatnot, if it was just five part, you know, the five points of articulation. Right. As, if you're putting it on the retro card and putting the Black Series carded, throw it back. Keep the modern look, but do the, the, the old articulation. Yeah. Like, there's something really, really cool. There's something cool about the fact that all the vehicles had to be designed with nobody able to bend their knees. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, and, and doing the figures, like, I love the fact that Obi-Wan's, he's, like, the Obi-Wan figure, he's got a robe on underneath the vinyl cape mm-hmm. that is attached to the legs, you know? Yeah. Like, that's 
Well, I could have so so sworn the whole time, and even to this day, the whole time in A New Hope, that he's not wearing pants. It's almost like a, 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 ro- a, a robe yeah. skirt type unit. He's wearing a man skirt, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay with that. It's it's almost like the the one martial arts where the pant legs are so huge mm-hmm. because I understood. Okay, the Jedi is based on them. I mean, even as a kid, they're based on a martial arts realm. So right. he doesn't have tight legs. He has the big baggy martial art pants that I've seen in kung fu movies. Awesome, perfect. You sure you're not thinking of MC Hammer? Positive. <laughs> okay. Because I'm sorry. Different. Yeah, because MC Hammer can't touch this with the Jedi. <laughs> it's hammer time, Luke. <laughs> Luke, you are too There's legit. <laughs> There's a company called uh, Recast, and they they they've taken some other properties out there, mm-hmm. and they've done these figures in with the five part uh, with the five points of articulation. I. I have to admit, I see them, and all of a sudden, I'm that five-year-old kid that, well, no, six-year-old kid that lost his mind when he saw Luke, the Luke Skywalker action figure in the Walmart, uh, in the Walmart toy aisle. I'm like, <gasps> you know, like, I, I want to say recast that. I want to huh? say recast is owned by Funko. I believe that. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, that was explain. Those are dope, man. I'm I'm yeah. right there with you, man. When I saw Daniel San and uh, Johnny Lawrence, that. I'm in. Like, I'm in. He came out with Chosen in that, too. I was like, oh. I just, yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I, that, I think that it's like you said, that there's something about, like, as nice as some of the, these these figures are, you know, with the, the the laser sculpt, and you know, it's like it's looking like the character, and that's great. It is, but I don't know, man. There's something about. Yeah, but you know, back in the day, when you could take a Daggett and have them run around in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that one, man. I, as, as what you, the listeners, our field agents can't see is I'm holding up my Moffat from Battlestar Galactica, an original Moffat from yeah. from back in the day. Beautiful. Now, my, my question is this: Could Luke fly a Viper? Oh yeah, he could. He's the best bush pilot in the outer rim. What are you talking about? And, 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 a, and, Apollo, and Apollo could have flown any vehicle in the in the Rebel Rebel Alliance, and he probably would have chosen a, an A wing. Yeah, he totally would have chosen an A wing. Yep. I want to see while Starbuck does behind the controls of an X wing. Vicious. Yeah. Just say so. Just say so. But but I, I see I see Starbuck and Apollo behind uh, an A wing. Really. Yeah. I see Boomer flying a, a Y Wing though. Yeah, yeah. Boomer's a Y Wing guy. Yes. I can't remember who the fourth guy was, but he he's your X Wing pilot. Jolly now I would say Jolly. Yeah, Jolly is the X Wing. Jolly is the Y Wing guy. Yeah. Yeah. And Boomer Boomer in the X Wing. Boomer would be X Wing. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> now Kenner back in the day did have Marvel three and three quarter inch figures, yes. I think they were actually Five inch. Were they? I think they were a little taller. Don't quote me on that, but I thought they were a bit taller. Um, well, I would have thought you, Hasbro would have given you all that re- research material before you did all this. 
<laughs> um, they don't want him to copy the past, dude. Yeah, well, well not sure. like that. Um, no, I, I know, I know they had a bunch. I mean, I because I, I looked through all the old. I mean, you know, because they they got they kept getting bigger. They had you know all the way to like um like super superpowers. Is that the what was the one line that was that, that was, was DC the, uh, DC yeah superpowers so, um, ba- based on the superpowers cartoon, which was like the last last uh, variation of Super Friends. They changed it to superpowers, and then obviously they eventually then the, the the Secret Wars ones were yes yes you know think, yeah that was like late eighties early nineties. Uh, Secret Wars was mid eighties. That was mid eighties, yeah. And yeah. those were like the He Man, like those were like super bulky. Like yep. Yep. your your Doctor Octopus was like, or uh, your Spider Man was like super ripped, and uh, they because they all kind of obviously had like that big jacked up body body frame. Yep. Um, According to Wikipedia, it says that the Star Wars action figures from the original line were usually smaller than four inches. Yeah, they were three and three-quarter inch. And the reason why, if you've seen the show Toys That Made Us, the head of Kenner, who was a giant of a guy, put up his feet, did this with his, basically showed the the distance between his thumb and and forefinger and said, I want them this big. And they came over with a ruler and measured, and it was three and... Three and three and three quarter inches. Wow! So your average height was three and three quarter inches. So Chewie's a little bit larger, and then everyone else was scaled appropriately. Okay. But if they weren't a tall character in the movie, they were three and three quarter inch. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you, you obviously had a bunch of because, um, like, Leia was substantially smaller, shorter yeah. than all the other ones as well. And depending uh, on which head you got with Han Solo. <laughs> 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 Whether it was the Beetlejuice head or the slightly inflated ego head, depending on how <laughs> tall or small he was. As <laughs> John froze on us, no, didn't freeze. No, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, I was. I was looking. Up, I was going to try and find that the the Marvel line that I was. I was trying to think of. Um, that was that was around there, but it was it was a little bit bigger. Um, okay. Yeah. It's not that important. No. Right what, what's important. What's important now is you're you're doing the artwork on the cards for the for the Marvel Legends three and three quarter inch. Yes, for the I'm retro. Really and um, now right now the 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 six that are out, which you can only get as two packs, is uh, Cap and Black Panther. Right. Which not your fault, but I, that was a Panther costume. I was not really a big fan of. Did you want the pop color? Was that what you were wanting on the cape? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I was one the, the slightly the the, the the later '80s Black Panther. Now, because of the size of these, you theoretically could get a Vader vinyl cape. I know. And possibly throw it on there and pop the collar, and now that, you're winning all around. Yes. Yes. Um, then you also get Spidey and Electro, mm-hmm. which takes me back to the days of the Electric Company. One, yes. one Electro was oh. a common villain, and two, oh. I had the comic book that went with that segment from Electric Company, and Kingpin and Electro were the two most popular villains that I remember seeing from it in, in the books. Electro's the one I remember the most. That set I absolutely love. And then the third set is a set that didn't quite make sense to me. Iron Man and Cyclops. Okay. 
on, on why they were paired together. And, and we talked before show, it would have been cool if it was like Cap and Red Skull and Iron Man and Whiplash or Cyclops and maybe Juggernaut or a, nut, or a different or right. maybe or maybe even Cyclops and Wolverine mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else made sense, made sense because Spider-Man and Electro tied together. Cap, Black Panther tied together with the Avengers. The the Iron Man Cyclops didn't make sense to me. Well, did you see that there's also a fourth set that is an Iron Man and Black Panther, but they're like metallic. I did not so, see that set. No. So that's part of a if you if you buy all there's four there's technically four two packs. And the only way you can get the metallic ones is if you buy the set. And that one, so like like one of the big things that we we really nerded out on, for example, like with Panther was if you look a lot at a lot of that early artwork, he wasn't he didn't wear a black costume. He wore a blue costume. It's the, the the famous like what color is Cyclops's costume? Is it black or is it blue? Right. Right. And if you look at a lot of the old Panther stuff, he wears a blue costume. But if you look at the metallic figure, it's definitely a much more like charcoaly black color. Yeah metallic paint job on it. And, and so, I, I think I think that's why I had problems with Black Panther back in the day was okay, if he's Black Panther, why is he wearing a a dark bluish gray costume with almost a a purplish blue gloves and boots? Right. If he's right. supposed to be Black Panther, it should be a black costume well i can only dream that we get to one day do an original kirby design version oh, of oh, that will be great sick okay i gotta ask this question because once mike brought up the electric company <laughs> i can i cannot get this out of my head because yes i used to watch that show religiously when i was a kid and yes i love the spider-man segments John, did you watch that at all? Not a whole. I remember watching it, um, but I don't remember a whole lot about it. Okay, the reason that I ask is because the cover of the the packaging that you've got here for the Spider Man and Electro, that's the exact style I remember. Yeah. Of the drawings of Spider Man from the Electric Company. Yes. Huh. It yes. is. It is almost dead on oh. the style there. Well, and I just kind of like, dude. I was kind of like, that had to have been on purpose. There but was. Now, <laughs> but now that it's not, it's kind of like, well, you couldn't have done it any closer if you had tried. Well, thank you. Um, the evolution of the art style was a very long process. We worked on the packaging for a long time and went through several versions to try and hone down the right look, right? Because we didn't want, we started with some of the earlier versions were a little more seventies ish than eighties than early mid eighties. And even as we started to explore those, like, I mean, I had to basically, it was a lot of fun because I went back and looked at all of the um, like classic comic books. I mean, I was looking at, you know, Zach and Byrne and Adams and, you know, I looked at a lot of Kirby too and studying all these great masters that I grew up idolizing and finding a style that was 
respectful of those styles, but also it was identifiable of them without being one person in particular, if that makes sense. Right. Right. I, I found a couple covers of Spidey Super Stories, which was nice. the that which was the Marvel Comics and Electric Company present Spidey Super Stories. I'm gonna pull one of these up. Darn it, where's no I don't even know. Not sure. I'm not sure how to find that. This is on uh, this <laughs> It's in the chat window. I don't have a chat window. You should have a chat window. Here we go. Oh, bam. This is just not working at all. That's why you need to switch to PC. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have enough troubles with my Mac. So do I, John. So do I. Different Mac there, Eric. I know. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, my son is named Mac. So, and he's not with you right now. No, no, he is not. Yeah, but right, I'm looking. Up oh, maybe, you know what? Okay, oh, yeah. I finally got it. Yep, that looks just like from the Electric Company. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely want to get the Spider-Man set, and I I want to get the Captain America set, and. I, I'll tell you the other thing I would love to do, and I know Hasbro has done this before at Celebration. I would love to just get the backing cards without the figures on them and put oh, those and put those on display. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because I I have some from Celebration Celebration Five or Celebration Six when they gave them out. Um, the vintage card figures, uh, and those I'm still working on doing a a display, a, a frame display with those. But I would, I would want, I want to do the same thing with this, with these. I mean, I would awesome. love, to, I would love to get the backing cards. That way, I can have a set and then buy a set of these and just let the figures breathe and not ruin the card. Interesting. Oh well, I I can pass that along. Um, if that's something people would be interested in. I mean, I'm I'm sure Hasbro would. They've been awesome, man. They're like, a, for as big of a company as they are, they're just like the most cool and easygoing company. They're, they're wonderful. Yeah. So. And, and I, would, I would love to get that same card of Dr. Afra as well, of her vintage oh, card. Right uh-huh. I, I, want, I want the vintage card, Afra. Just the awesome. card. Just the card. Um, you know what? I, that would, you know, that makes sense. I mean, your suggestion about just the card, though, because... I mean, truth is, I mean, that's the reason why a lot of my figures I have not in, in recent years anyway, I have not opened because I think it would be cool to have that figure out and have it posed, but I don't want to ruin the card. Yeah. See, the, the newer Star Wars figures, I have no problems opening them up. Now, if they're on the vintage card, I'm like, okay, I'm buying two, one so I can pull it off and one so I can leave it on the card because I can't get the card with separate and I can't pull the figure off without ruining the card. So, because that goes back to nostalgia. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I think that for a lot of, especially the Star Wars stuff and, you know, doing the Star Wars covers, I don't know what the focus is on those for a lot of people because some people will like, want to talk they talk to me a lot about the actual figure itself and then other people talk to me a lot about the side illustrations and the side art that was on the kinder packaging like it's it's a whole package because i think that that nostalgia when people talk about it it's not just playing with the toy but there's there's a memory of walking down the aisle with mom and dad in the in seeing that toy i mean 
Mike, you, I, I've shared this with you before, man, that like I vividly remember being in an Osco drug as a kid yep. and my wanting to buy nine numb and my mom specifically being like, I'll buy him for you. But this is basically the last toy I'm just going to buy you. Like you're going to have to start doing chores around the house and earning allowance and buying. And I was like, well, crap, I better I better make this worthwhile. And it's nine numb. So it's totally worth it. But mm-hmm. like that's. I remember that from 35 years ago or whatever, man, you know, like there's something to be said about the power that those things had in our, have in our memory. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember in the Kmart uh, near my house going through and finding Yoda and IG 88 and thinking, okay, I'm going to bring both of them to, uh, to mom and dad. Maybe they'll let me get one of them. And then when they said, yes, you could have both. I won the freaking lottery. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was parading them up the school bus the next morning going, look what I scored. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I remember when um, Empire come out and uh, they had come out with uh, Luke with uh, the Bespin fatigues. Yep. And, and yeah, the thing was, I was I was looking at the light. I remember looking at the lightsaber, and that lightsaber was different from the New Hope Luke because you know the New Hope is you no know, slid out from the arm. Right. Well, okay, you the uh, Tatooine Luke slid out from the arm because you also had the X-wing pilot, pilot Luke, but right. no lightsaber there. I don't remember. But I I remember looking at that, and the thing was, I kept thinking like I'm gonna lose that sword because my sister's gonna get a hold of that figure, and I, and I but I sat there but I, it's Luke I gotta have it, and the thing and this was about the same time that uh, Thunbar the Barbarian was out. So I'm like, why does a lightsaber look like a sun sword? Because <laughs> yeah, it, it actually looked more, a little more like a sword than it did a lightsaber. Because it, it was a little more flared, so it could fit in his hand. Okay. But, and, but yeah, I got it. I, I remember getting it, and I, and then I, I was, and I think I got it before I saw Empire. So that just made me even more excited to see it. So it was, I don't know. I, I, I have those memories, and it's just kind of... Well, John, to make you jealous. No, here I am with 30, 40... Oh, oh man! There's, the, there's my man, the numbster. And believe it or not, I, I have a vintage AT-AT driver as well. Nice. Um, I, I got a couple years ago. I, I know this is a Marvel podcast, but this all relates because it's all Star Wars. Um. I got a few years ago from my brother the old Star Destroyer playset. Nice. And I have oh. I have Bosk. I have a vintage Boba. I have um, Stormtrooper. I have a Biker Scout and the Adat Driver. I have Dengar, all vintage. Or Dengar and, and Eric. <laughs> oh. I have IG eighty eight. I am trying to find the characters so I can recreate the bounty hunter scene in this playset. Now, they nice. can't line up exactly like they did in the movie, but they're all going to be in the playset. Nice. So, 
Um, now, what other projects are, do you have coming up uh, with either Marvel or Marvel for Hasbro that you could talk well, about? Well, uh, you know, uh, the, the the retro stuff is is going strong and being awesome. Um, unfortunately, I can't really talk more about that. But the big one was also like going just segueing into Star Wars is that the Star Wars action figure covers are back and badder than ever, man. Like we are full steam ahead on them every month. Um, there's even some side books coming out that I'm going to be doing some action figure covers for. Um, was able to take a nice little break, kind of recharge my batteries, get my head back on. Right. And uh, you know, full steam ahead from there, man. Like, and really hit me in my pocketbook. <laughs> That's the idea. We're trying. We're trying to hit you from with the pincer move, right, man? It's like we're getting you on the real toys from Marvel, and now the pretend Star Wars covers from Marvel. See, my going like, my, my dealer's back, guys. <laughs> I just want to know when we're going to get a Crimson Jack action figure cover. Oh. Uh, I don't. I you don't. notice he can't say anything. <laughs> now, what what I want is the April cover, especially if it comes if if that issue was to come out on April first. I want that cover to be Jackson, since Jackson is Jackson canon as well. Yeah. You know what? See, I'm, I'm gonna throw it out there because I'm turning fifty this year. What I would love to see, and I know this is gonna happen because it's completely it's all legends now, and I'm fine with that. I would love to see a Gray Squadron cover. I'm just Dude, saying. There's so much legend stuff that's making its way back into yes. in, to the new canon. Uh-huh. You can hey. never say never with anything legends related, man. Like Jackson's canon. Yeah. Well, I you mean, know what? And, and, and you know what? We know Wedge is still alive. Wedge is still out there. And, and Crimson okay. Crimson Jack could potentially become canon because, I mean, we got Valance. Exactly, and, and I, I love the yes. new I love the new twist on on Valance with the, the new backstory for him. It's great. Yeah, he was in the same flight classes as uh, Han at the flight academy, and it was because of Han. I know this is a spoiler, but you know what? This book has been out for a couple of years. The series, yeah, the story. So, no, I'm not playing spoiler alert for this one. <laughs> I, I am not going to play. Oh. Spoiler alert. Because it's no longer a spoiler. But what got Han kicked out of the Academy is the fact that he went out into the battlefield to try and rescue Valance, Mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting. And Valance still held a grudge against him for it. Like, really? Okay. (laughs) It's kind of messed up, dude. It is. But it it just helps add to Valance's character that much more. It does. It does. And, and, you know, I, I did like the the old story. But he was pretty much a gimmick character Yeah. at that point. I mean, that is not to say that gimmicks cannot be interesting, but I think they definitely improved his backstory with this retcon. Well, and, and he's essentially part of his own comic book line now with Bounty Hunters. Yeah. After having as many. We've, we've talked about it before also, like the fact that, man, there are so many incredible stories from like the legends line and there's so many like amazing concepts but there's also a lot of really really bad stuff in there yes and i think and and that's and some of them are brilliant 
in a bubble in and of themselves. But when you start tying the things together, it's like it just there's yeah. elements to it that make it start to fall apart in the greater scheme of things. And so I think having Lucasfilm having a little more of a stewardship over everything and obviously the editorial team at Marvel is just crushing it with, you know, Mark and, and Thomas are just amazing that you're able to reintroduce these legends things that, and not lose the integrity of what they were. Cause the legends line will always be there. Like it's never going away, right? but we can reintroduce it now in canonically it with a twist that makes it fit in the greater scheme and maybe ignore the, you know, some of the other parts that might, shine a light on some weird goofiness that we had back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so outside of the Marvel action figure variant covers that you're doing with star Wars, which I'm assuming you're still doing from the point of view of a five or six year old with those, yeah, same. which is great. I, I love that because that's what, that's the age I was when I started collecting the, those figures i was i was six and and that's kind of how i saw them and remember them yeah even though i'm even though i'm staring at them going yeah that doesn't look like what's on the cover but that's the cover is how i remember it well thank you yeah no i mean that's with with the new marvel toy line with kenner and, and hasbro it's applying the same logic that i do to the star wars action figure covers which is almost devolve what we have into what it was, but then through the prism of a kid's eyes. So like, you know, the covers, the idea is like, I want that to look like Mark Hamill, but I want that Mark Hamill to have neon yellow hair. Or I want, when I do Vader, it's Vader, but he's got the pop vinyl cape or the, you know, some of the details are lost on the costuming because Kenner wouldn't have been able to put that on an actual figure back in the day. But as a kid, you still looked at it. You just didn't add those details into turning your Lando Calrissian into the Billy D. William version of Lando Calrissian. Right. One of my other favorite covers is your Donk Droid cover. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That was one of my favorite, too, because uh, when you take into consideration time versus paycheck, that one was amazing. (laughs) <laughs> but that that was one of my figure favorite figures as a kid too cover, you know card wise i mean it was just such a cool thing it's like power droid awesome i still don't understand what it is from the movies but cool <laughs> it's a cool droid i love it well he was also one that, like he broke a lot of the rules his legs were so weird how they dangled inside of the like underneath the body you know yeah the, box um like i used to always just, i just played with the legs like just kind of dangling and all that stuff I, uh, I would hold the body and just shake it and listen to the legs ratchet back and forth <laughs> exactly. yeah because because it had that ratchet thing inside it sort of like r2 you can hear um, it go crick 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 yeah yeah, that was. I forgot. My my one my best friend is actually building one of these right now. What? Yeah, yeah, it's insane. It looks so good. He's legit building this thing, and I'm like, why am I having flashbacks? Oh, that's why. Wait, when Zoe <laughs> when Zoe was younger, I was I threatened to get a couple rubber maids and make her a, a gonk droid costume. <laughs> Cute. 
it wouldn't work now because she she's almost gosh, she's almost five foot tall. Oh my God. Yeah, I know you you met her briefly at, at yeah. MegaCon twenty thirteen. <laughs> she was t- yeah. tiny then. Yeah, yeah. Um, they grew up too fast, dude. Yes, they do. Yes, uh-huh. they do. So, e- anything else you're doing with Marvel or? Back to just staying with the Star Wars titles. Just pretty much focusing on Star Wars. I mean, there's little things here and there that I'm doing. Um, you know, uh, we've had a lot of good response about the, from the negative space covers that I've been doing. Those are great covers as well. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's it was weird because there's something I've been doing personally. I did them as prints uh, 15 years ago. I mean, I've been doing that art style since I was in high school, uh, you know, based on, on the artist Coles Phillips. If you guys aren't familiar with him, he did that negative space style back in the turn of the century. And then, um, I was kind of pepper them in here and there on certain particular covers. Um, but then I started doing some exclusives and I did the the black Panther and Mm -hmm. the Miss Marvel and the Iron Man as exclusives for my store. And, um, you know, I, I didn't want to over, oversaturate the market and over like beat my, my customers are, I've got like the best fans in the world and I never want to feel like I'm asking too much of them. So I, I really oh, try shucks. and make them, well, you know, like I don't, to me, like four sales a year is fair. Like that's like cool. I'm able to get a lot of cool stuff out, but if I start stacking things on top of that, you're going to start running into like, I don't want to be taking advantage of anybody. You know, and um, so I kind of mellowed out on those for a bit and again, kind of peppered them here and there on certain covers that worked. And then Marvel started doing them for their exclusives at some of the shows. Um, and so there's been a lot of popularity in that. So I'm considering maybe doing a couple new ones of those. I've had some ideas for a long time, uh, some other characters that I would want to do. And we'll see where that goes. Um I, yeah, so I, man, I mean, that's like, that's most of my work that keeps me busy pretty much nine to five, man, and weekends and nights and the hours in between. I may have to see about commissioning you for a spider Gwen and uh, Captain Marvel for this household. Mm, nice. Because Melissa, well, those characters, man. because Zoe is a huge spider. When Marvel announced spider Gwen was going to go spider. Oh, the uproar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the upper. Well, we I mentioned it briefly pre-show one day uh, when we were recording earlier uh, because of a guest. And these guys heard Zoe. It's Spider Gwen, not Ghost yes. Spider. She threw a rant in the background like... That's my well, that girl. was always such a weird thing, just because she was technically—I mean, she was technically Spider Woman. Mm-hmm. Yep. She. But we, but we called her Spider Gwen. Yep. As like a fandom, like it's like a fourth. So the whole Ghost Spider, I—I I never understood why they couldn't just. I mean, I, I get why it couldn't be Spider Gwen, but I was just—I thought that was—that was like literally the flipping most perfect name for that character. Yeah. And then absolutely. And then Melissa is a has become a huge Captain Marvel, uh, nice. and a lot of that's because, and of course, that's my wife. And a lot of that's because uh, her dad served in the Air Force, and it's the Air Force connection, that major Air Force connection, especially since we see it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's got the Captain Marvel lounge slide mini. Uh, when we got our Apple Watches, she had me find some images that she could turn into Captain Marvel watch faces for her for her phone. Um, when we've gone out to different festival or different bonus shows at at the comic book shops, 
If there's a really nice Captain Marvel print of some sort, we've picked it up just for her. Awesome. I, I'm still amazed at how these characters have become such a, a, a cornerstone of pop culture. Yeah. Right. Like it's, as, as people who've been Marvel fans our whole lives, I get Captain America and Spider-Man and Hulk and, you know, like the, the, the big guns, if you will, when we were kids. But the thought that Carol Danvers is a household name or like Rocket Raccoon, that is like such a cool thing to me. Like, I never thought I would see this day. I, I still thank George Lucas for making Howard the Duck a household name uh, as well. So yeah. Of all characters, Howard. Yeah, exactly. Now, I can't believe Scott Lang even gets loved now. Yes. yes. Yeah. I'm serious. Like when I was a kid, I I didn't care about Ant Man. I I I just didn't. I mean, I was reading Avengers. I'm like, whatever. And hey, if he was involved in the story, I was cool with it. But I was right. I wasn't picking up an Ant Man book. I, I And I walked out of that Ant-Man movie wanting to turn around and watch it again. But I had to record this show, so I was being responsible. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm saying, like, it, it, but it, Eric says it all the time. The thing is, Marvel makes characters, make, make stories about people who happen to be superheroes. Well, there's, there's a reason why they don't just make a movie with... America man Mm-mm. they they have Disney made a Captain America movie like because these characters have that history and that look I, I, and I'm, I'm speaking as somebody who's inside the comic book industry so I don't mean this as like an insult to anyone in other mediums but like comic book creators love their gig trust me they're not getting paid like Hollywood writers or TV show writers or a lot of novelists get paid. They're in it because they love it. And I think that the love of those characters and the legacy of those characters really shines through Mm -hmm. when you see them being reinterpreted for the big screen. Like, no disrespect to the people that are doing those screenplays, but for a lot of them, they've got a much easier job because they've got 60 years of lore to go back on. Yes. And... It's funny you bring this up. I I saw a story where they talked about Thor, Love and Thunder, which is being based on the work that Jason Aaron wrote, Mm -hmm. um, that a lot of fans are going to be disappointed because it's going to stray too far from the story arc, the Mm -hmm. original story arc. As a creator yourself, how do you feel about that potential scenario happening? Well... Um, you know, first of all, I don't, dude, I draw covers, man. Like the difference isn't like, I would not even put myself in the same league as somebody like a Jason Aaron, as far as their contribution to the legacy of these characters. You know, my, yeah. my, my job, I'm an advertiser. My job is to get you to open up their book. Did, did um, I tell you you were my dealer? <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't want to speak on behalf of the writers and even the interior artists, um, because, you know, I, they've, I, I've spoke to several of them and they do have a different v- viewpoint as I do. Um, for something like Thor, it's, it's a challenging thing, right? Like, I will be perfectly honest with you. I liked Thor Ragnarok as a movie. I did not like Thor Ragnarok as a Thor movie because he kind of quit. There was elements to that that I felt he was Thor, but I'm not a big fan of homogenizing everything. And I feel that Marvel around guard after gu- post guardians, which guardians I loved. Um, but again, like how much of them were actually the guardians? Like rocket was pretty close. Gamora was close, but like star Lord, they changed him quite a bit from the comics. 
into what he is now. And now the comics have adopted what he is. But like, I'm such a huge James Gunn fan. I couldn't, I was like, whatever, it's James Gunn. I'm in for this. And I didn't have the relationship with those characters that I do with, with some of the other ones. Um, but post guardians, it seems like every Marvel character has become Tony Stark in the films. Like so many of them are just witty. Um, we talked about black Panther earlier and I love the fact like T'Challa is not a quippy dude. You know, he's not a comic relief guy. And that made every scene when Chadwick Boseman, God rest his soul, was in a scene with other characters all the more powerful because it was this, there were these conflicting elements coming together and that's what made an interesting dynamic. I think as Thor has become more of a comedic character, it's lost a lot of what I love about Thor, which is I like his arrogance, but he's, he's arrogant because he is better than you. He's a freaking God. Right. And I love, and I'm going to butcher his name, Tiki Watati. Taika Watiti. Taika Watiti. Everything he has done, I have loved. Again, I loved Ragnarok. I just, I wish, when I think of Jason Aaron's run that I love so much, it is this sprawling, Odyssey-esque, medieval, epic, I mean, it's freaking mythology, man. Mm -hmm. And I think this is going to be a, funny haha story and that's not saying this is going to be a bad movie but i don't know if this is the thor movie i wish it would be waiting to see jane foster lift mjolnir and take the mantle of thor over that i but again the comics is always there i will always have jason aaron's run i just wish more people would be exposed to the genius that that story arc was instead of everyone interpreting it through the lens of this film, if that makes sense. I don't think one film for the story arc is enough. Yeah. Like, Jason Aaron's run, it's Lord of the Rings, right? This should be this sprawling, ridiculous epic of, (laughs) I mean, all the nine realms and all the, you know. It it should be. God eaters and. It, it, it should be a two-parter, and the first one's called Thor Love, and the second one is Anne Thunder. There you go. And just break it up into the that way. Yeah, like I said, I don't want to come off like I'm not looking forward to the movie, because I really am. I just, I really, I, one of the things I loved about the old Marvel movies, for especially Phase 1 and 2, was all of them were so different. And we've, we've talked about this with Star Wars, that I think one of the yeah. things that has hurt Star Wars recently, but has made the Mandalorian so successful is the acknowledgement that like, this is this giant galaxy. Let's make everything unique and different and special. Let's make a Western in space. It doesn't have to follow the same formulas that the other ones do. Like I love one of my favorite Marvel movies of all of this is uh, winter soldier. Like that's not a funny movie. That's not a fun movie. That's a very serious, but that's what made when he met up with everyone in civil war and you had the quips from Iron Man meeting serious, you know, hardened cap all the more like these guys are friends. And this feels painful because they're different characters, but they are friends dealing with this. So, right. I, I, I totally agree with you. That was, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because uh, I think that like I like I, I enjoy Ragnarok thoroughly. I enjoy Ragnarok, but I get it. It's sort of like some of the characters now. I don't know. They it's like you said they all almost have to be Tony Stark. Uh, whereas like when you're looking at if you looked at the the characters from the Netflix series, uh, 
all of them were. I don't know. You you got basically that was uh, Marvel Knights mm-hmm. on screen, yeah. and I loved it. You know, I loved it, but it was um, it, it, it was sort of like okay, I'm if I'm if I'm watching the the Netflix stuff, I have this Earth version. I have the the the, the street level characters, and I'm getting that experience and. But then I watched the movies, and I'm getting the bigger experience. And I and I like the different, you know, the different movies. Like if I'm if I'm watching one of the uh, Captain America movies, I know that's going to be maybe a little more spy, you know, mm-hmm. you know, military. And you know, if I'm looking, if I'm watching Iron Man, Iron Man's going to be a little bit more sci-fi. And I would expect uh, Guardians to be a little bit more. I don't know, smart aleck, you know, mm-hmm. and right. yeah. and then I would have, and I would expect Thor to be a little more mythological, you know. Um, I I kind of like that. I got a different experience to a certain degree from Ragnarok, but at the same time, I just I I kind of part of me hoped that that was just sort of like a break because you know we were on the cusp of something really big happening. That was just going to rip the entire universe as we knew it as we knew it apart. Right. But at the same time, I, I'm I, I, I'm like you. I, I wonder if oh, you know what? People like funny Thor, so let's just keep it that way. You well, know, a, one of the worst things that happened, man, is we discovered that Chris Hemsworth is insanely funny and has like perfect com- comedic timing because <laughs> he's he's great at it. Like I fault him for taking advantage of it. I just. I, I didn't look. I, I'm a '90s kid. I grew up in the '90s with comics, and I love those darker books. But when the Fantastic Four became a dark and broody, moody book, that sucked because the Fantastic Four is supposed to be the hopeful family, you know, sci-fi Excelsior yeah. Ho. I just don't like it when everything starts to blend together, and I want. I like it when there's the differences are a little more substantial in what we're getting because I think that the comics tend to do that so well. And again, with Jason Aaron's run, that's not to say like there wasn't, it's not funny in parts, but I just, I like the idea. I'm a comic book fan first, a movie fan second, like that will never change. And I want, I felt that the early Marvel movies did a wonderful job of sharing why I loved comics with the general public and they ate it up. I want that to continue instead of the general public getting these perceptions of what the comic books are, of what these characters are, and then that changing the comic books into them, if that makes sense. Right. Right. I get it. Well, I I want to touch on this last story um, because we're we're getting close to the end of the show, which – hard hard to believe, especially with with the conversations that we always have fun with – that you inspire us with, John, because sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's just having that, that, you know, you know bringing you, you on guys, as a, I, go ahead. I told you guys I had to leave by 1030. Yeah. And it's already 11 o'clock. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, Sorry? Al- we're almost done. Hey. I love talking with you guys, man. It's great. Well, hey, we're we're four time finalists of the podcast awards. So there's a reason for that, dude. Um, so final topic of the night. Um, we'll hit on this quick. Um, Disney Plus has announced, or or Marvel has announced, it's Miss Marvel, and literally this 
she is a newcomer. This is the first project she's doing. And <laughs> what a project to be coming in on. Her name is Iman Valeri- Valani. Um, it's, she looks like she'll fit the role perfectly, seeing the, the headshot yeah. of her. Um, this is her first major production. But she's already uh, at the 2019 Film Festival. She was part of the Next Wave Committee, uh, which was tasked with adding a special tag to films already programmed into the other categories, which they believe would resonate with their peers. So, I mean, that's interesting as well um, that she's already been involved in the industry that way. Huh. Which I, I think is great. You know, maybe there needs to be some of that in Hollywood. Um I just don't think we need to take it too far where where the message and the meaning behind it is lost. Well, look, Marvel has kind of a track record of either taking people that aren't doing much in the industry or people you've never heard of and making them into household names. Mm-hmm. She's going she's yeah. to be a household name. 100%. I mean, I, I do not say this lightly, but I have said this for a long time. Kamala Khan is the best comic book character Marvel has produced since Peter Parker, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Like Kamala Khan has every sign that she could be this generation Spider-Man. And like she can be huge if she's handled right. And I think the comics have done a brilliant job with her. And she is one of my favorite characters. And I cannot wait to see what they do with her. That and, That's why I'm hoping um, with Tom Holland now with her, since we're kind of almost heading that direction, let's have Captain Marvel head up the new Young Avengers and be the mentor oh. and have her in Holland. And let's bring in Squirrel Girl. Let's bring in a <laughs> Spider-Gwen. Uh, Stature? We've had him. Yeah. Let's, I mean, he plays the daughter. She plays the daughter in the movie, but Cassie's in there. Let's bring in. Let's bring in Patriot. Heck yeah! Which yeah, which they may be coming soon anyway. Giddy up! In, in the Marvel, uh, the um, Marvel Strike Force game, the Young Avengers is a team that you can put together with. They because uh, they just recently added Squirrel Girl. Yep. So you can – so I'm like whenever whenever Marvel – and I say this all the time, but whenever whenever Marvel is ready to do something with a new project, they'll start you know, putting, them, putting them out either in the animated series or in the game uh, or uh, to build that familiarity. And in that way, when all of a sudden you get this new series, it's not like, oh, who is this person? I never heard of them before. It's like, oh uh, – cartoon i was watching like you know i yeah i i'm all for it i i i'm excited uh i i love i love kamala khan as a character i agree with you you know that no you know she's a relatable character just like peter parker and you know uh i you know now's her time to shine i say bring it bring it well since we're getting close to the end any final thoughts from you guys I do have one uh, final thought here, uh, touching back on Thor becoming funny. I do think that maybe there's an opportunity to pull that back a little bit based off of what we saw in Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Because he, you know, once, you know, he was all fine and dandy in Ragnarok until 
he basically doomed half of the universe because he w- his aim was off by six inches. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and that has clearly worn on him. You're 100% right. Like the, the and, and I never intended to say that the character was being stagnant because there was definitely no. character development from from Thor to Dark World to Ragnarok to the Avengers to the end, especially Endgame and then um, or Infinity War and Endgame. So I, I 100% agree with you. And that should, you know, I, I, I didn't mean any disrespect in that capacity. No, no, no. I don't think there I, is any. Yeah. Because he was he was genius, man. Hemsworth crushed it when he was like sitting there especially the beginning of the end game yeah man like you felt that dude's pain and thor's like yes i'm a god and i'm going to go murder somebody right now like that was amazing and then you see him like that five years later and you see what all that you know he did it but it was too late it made no difference and i mean we have all had times in our lives when we are just like we feel rock bottom mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like, what's the freaking point? Though he's broken, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you see a little bit at the very, very end when he joins up with the Guardians, y- you see a little bit of the swagger back. Very true. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I think we could see a little less comedic Thor in uh, Love and Thunder, but just enough to uh, to satisfy the fans. Totally. Yeah. And, and I, sh- I should also mention that, like, you are talking to one of the biggest Beta Ray Bill and Frog fans out there. So, like, I do not have a problem with comedy in four. I just, it's, like I said, I'm, I'm a comics guy. So, you know, you bring me on Beta, turn Thor into a frog. I'm sure that we could have some fun escapade, escapades with that. Um, I'm down. So, I, I'm, dude, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. I, yeah. like, that was just me little going on a little thing. Well, on that I'm note. I'm not saying it's wrong. <laughs> well, on, on that note, uh, John, since you're not on that often, where can people find you online again? Uh, I am on all over the interweb. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, John Tyler Chris. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, uh, John Tyler Christopher. Uh, yeah, you know, give me a follow. I don't post a whole heck of a lot when I do. I try and keep it about relevant topics and, uh, you know, drop me a line, man. I love, I love human contact, especially in this world. So thank you guys again for having me on and letting me speak to humans. Not a problem. (laughs) And on that note, Thursday, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. Working on a secret project, are we, gentlemen?